Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined again by the amazing, the fabulous Paco Malloy. Hello. And you got it right the first time. Oh, I fucking crushed it this time. Guys, I'm back. Uh, I realized on yesterday's episode, we blew through the pop culture section because we were so excited to talk about <laughs> Michelle Wolf and the White House Correspondents' Dinner. It's kind of pop culture. It is a little bit. I, I feel, really. feel yeah, like nah. <laughs> had I not brought attention to it, we probably could have gotten away with it. But yeah, <laughs> oops, I just drew attention to it. But I haven't talked to you in a while. So I was wondering, uh, what are you reading, uh, listening to, watching right now? Sure. I um right now I am uh, I am watching the new season of The Handmaid's Tale, which Hell I think is yeah. is cool. And I don't have you started watching that? Okay. Yet no? Yes, and I want to be careful about spoilers. No, no spoilers, but, yeah. But I don't think this is if I say what I'm about to say, I don't think it's a spoiler, but the Boston Globe storyline fucking yeah. destroyed me. See, for me, the um the airport scene oh thing. my god that is, uh, um, that that is kind of my greatest fear Ooh. in in the in the in the trump years and beyond of just something something like that yeah so that's that's something that has legit kept me up, up at night before seeing the show i so. mean what the show is so good at and i think i've said this before on the show but i'm gonna reiterate it because they're that good at it is and especially this season they're showing um way more of the what like the world was like when this stuff started to happen and it feels so real and awful because in a way the show is really like a warning to us because a lot of the stuff that they show in the flashbacks is stuff that's happening to to certain parts of the population already like if you're an undocumented immigrant that airport scene has already happened to you Oh yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. I mean, so so much of so much of that is, you know, I mean, because this and this was in like the first scene, like people are like, I, you know, we have to flee and get to Canada. Like that's kind of like the thing, and it's it's like okay, now picture other people, but doing that, trying to get into the U.S. and we're like, no. So like, imagine fleeing this ho- horrific thing that's happening, yeah. and you're, you know, and then you get to the border, and it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nice try, you yeah. know, like that's it. it I, you know, it doesn't really come up in the in the in the show where it's like, it doesn't, you know. I think it'd be interesting if it took kind of a turn where someone gets to like the Canadian border and they're turned away. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that would entail us empathizing with other people, Parker, and I. Yeah. Don't think we're capable of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that show is just brutally realistic in in the flashback scenes. Like it is fucking hard to watch um yeah if you if you started season two like it's one of those those shows that is so depressing but it's done in a way that's very balanced and like is addictive to watch but like man it's an emotional roller coaster watching it yeah well so one thing that one reason i think that it's such a such a good and interesting uh kind of kind of story is uh you know, I mean, in, there was an interview with Margaret Atwood uh, where she was interviewed by Elizabeth Moss, which is really kind of interesting. Mm. Um, Do they talk I mean, about Scientology? <laughs> no. <that one>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do they talk about uh, Margaret Atwood's disappointing comments on the Me Too movement? No. No? Um, no? Okay. But so, you know, it's like so a lot of people are just like, oh, this is this is kind of a speculative fiction, that you know, something that hasn't happened. But you know, Elizabeth Moss asked and she says, you've said, said a lot and I've repeated often that everything happened in the handmaid's tale. The book has happened somewhere at some time. Mm. Uh, at what said, I made nothing up, you know, it's like everything in the book somewhere like this has happened. And so it's like, it is possible to see, you know, we see progress as this thing that's like, Oh, well, we're already here. You can't take things back. But oh, they know, can absolutely take it back and they can take more, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you and you see, you know, you see that over in. Um, oh, there, there's always that that picture where people are like, look at this country back in the 70s. And now it's today. And it was just like, uh, what was it? Was it Iran before? Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But but yeah. basically it was like, you know, took 
massive change, you know, incorporating religion into kind of the the whole lot. And I know that those photos are always totally like misused to be like, see, this is why they're bad. And it's like, nope. You well, they the- also never acknowledge like the U.S. interfering in autonomous yeah. elections and like, yeah, it's like, yeah. oops, we accidentally caused that. Oops, <laughs> we executed your leader. Oopsie daisy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, did we accidentally create a Handmaid's Tale situation? Oops. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I th- that's what I like about the the show. I yeah, mean, the, it and, definitely and that- you can tell the people who sorry not to interrupt. Uh, you can tell the people who created it are are writing on the show are are students of history. Like the scene where they show when she walks into her office and the military is there, um, or or whatever the armed religious faction are there. That is straight out of like transcripts from from people who have survived um coups military coups like they show up to work one day and there are armed people in their office and they say go home you like mm-hmm. uh, like that is literally what happened so it it feels very real because it did actually happen <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 that's the thing i i am glad that, that we're getting more of the backstory because the backstory is kind of like it's the coolest part, <laughs> you know, it's the part yeah. that, that, that can help help you relate to modern day, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's the message of the whole story, you mm-hmm. know, like that's, and going, you know, reading through the book, it's like, that's, that's kind of the, those are the parts that I always thought were very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. And speaking of the book, I, uh, if anyone uses Audible, I totally recommend downloading the audiobook. It's read by Claire Danes. Oh yeah, awesome. I think you recommended that a while ago. Yes, but yeah, I did, I, but I'm, I will re up that. <laughs> I'm finally into audiobooks because I listened God, to uh, so Michelle McNamara's book on it. Um, I'll be gone in the dark about the Golden State Killer, uh, and it's wonderful and very interesting. Um, are you watching anything else? Um, you know, not. Not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've just kind of been, you know, like I said, I've, now I've got cable. <laughs> fancy, <laughs> so it's fancy. Like, so, so I could. Yeah. Uh, I could, in theory. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of baseball. And I, lo- I love baseball because it's, it's the one pure thing left in this world. <laughs> so, you know, just been just been doing that. It's kind of cool. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm pretty happy that the, the weather's getting nicer. Uh, like two weeks I, ago it was snowing and now it's like in the eighties here. Yeah. I think it's in the seventies here. And I just tweeted that I'm thinking about literally just lapping the block after I'm done recording just so I could be outside. <laughs> like I have no reason to go outside. I'm just like, it's too nice to be inside. Um, are you reading anything right now that you want to recommend? Oof. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm reading a, f- a few things, just, just kind of more research, but for fun, um, for fun, I'm reading, uh, oh, what's it? Johnny. Do you know Johnny's son? Um, I don't think so. Okay. So he's, he's, uh, he's, he's great on Twitter and it's his Twitter handle. I think is just, uh, let me see. I can actually just pull it up. I just want to make sure I'm giving it out. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's J O N N Y S U N. Um, he has he has a book where he he uh, the main character is an alien, and it's just a little cartoon drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know the the book I think it's called something like Everyone's an Alien When You're an Alien Too, <laughs> and it's just him you know uh, like following. It's there are only a few words per page. It's it's very visual and it's very. Uh, you know, entertaining. He also he also created this thing called um, Tiny Care Tiny Care Bot, which if you if you see it on Twitter, it uh, it says here's your reminder, and then just a, it tweets out little updates. Says remember to send a send a message to uh, send a message to a friend. Aww. Remember to listen to some music that that grounds you. Remember to drink some water. You know, like these little things that just kind of pop up just to kind of like I don't know, like he created that. So anyway, oh, he's, cool. he's a really cool guy. The the um, book is adorable, and his Twitter presence is just positivity. So yeah. if you're following, if you're following a lot of things that are very bad and very dark and very serious, I highly recommend going and following him. I'm like, immediately doing it as yeah. we speak. 
he has like 550,000 followers, <laughs> um, which, you know, uh, I I kind of see as a challenge. So I have to now <laughs> get up there. But <laughs> got to up your positivity, Parker. Yeah, I know. You know, which is which is hard. But uh, uh, well, that's a great one. I love that recommendation. Um, are you listening to anything right now, whether it's podcasts or music my recommendation that i'm going to get to is a new podcast not new in the timeline of events but new to me yeah wasn't that like the old like when you know during like reruns like nbc would be like if you haven't seen it it's new to you it's like (laughs) reruns during the summer i remember them doing that with the t like the must-see tv yeah um i i've been listening to a lot of tegan and sarah Uh because um a, they're awesome, and B, uh, they followed me on Twitter the other night. What? So I'm just like, I'm just like chilling. You know, it's one of those things where it's just like, all right, don't say something. Uh, you know, don't don't drive people away by tweeting. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I'm gonna tweet, I'm gonna live tweet a shitty movie. Like, anytime, anytime someone famous, like famous, follows me or famous to me, uh, follows me, I'm I spend the next week like overthinking my tweets just because I don't want to drive them away all all of a sudden. So I will occasionally live tweet something like that to like purge my Twitter. <laughs> I'm just like fuck you people. So I'll like live tweet Jurassic Park. <laughs> Here's 27 dresses, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I, I tweeted tweeted uh, I actually tweeted that out just saying like, you know, when 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 a cool celebrity follows me, I I get very self-conscious and uh Michael Ian Black replied like unfollowed and then <laughs> I replied Mike, I said cool celebrity and uh, <laughs> you we, burn. All, we all laugh. We all you laugh. You burn was, Ian Black, you burn. It was it was a nice little it was a nice little setup for a zinger. <laughs> well, that's very cool. Um, my recommendation to everyone is um, one of my my Lloyd teammates, who uh, I believe occasionally listens to the show. So hello, Jake, if you're listening. He recommended um, a bunch of podcasts to me, and I only have had time to get to one, but he raved about a bunch of them. So maybe I'll do like a little bit of a, a preemptive recommendation because one uh, the one he recommended to me I've been enjoying immensely, but it's called Homecoming. And it's, I won't give anything away about the plot, but it's basically um, like a, a mystery of sorts um, told in uh, a series of conversations between people. And it has an amazing cast, uh, Oscar Isaac, Catherine Keener. David Schwimmer, uh, David Cross, uh, if you're a UCB fan, Chris Gethard is one of the voices. Um, But it's really excellently acted, and the story is very, very interesting and compelling. And I've been like, what? Several times. Oh, Amy Sedaris is one of the voices. Um, It's really, really good. The episodes are very short. They're like um, 20, I I think like 20 minutes each. Um, So I've been flying through that. And then he also recommended um, Sandra, which is another Gimlet Media um, uh, podcast. And that has Kristen Wiig and uh, uh, Alia Shawkat in it. Um, And The Habitat, which is also Gimlet. And this one I'm like so excited about that I'm saving it. But it's about um, so NASA and doing the research about maybe one day colonizing Mars, um, set up kind of like a biodome experiment where they created a, a very controlled environment that they selected a team of astronauts to inhabit to see, to sort of like track their behavior and how they coped with a very isolated environment and, you know, a very limited diet and very close living quarters, you know, basically just studying human behavior to see the best way that if one day we did colonize Mars, um, like what resources people would need and how they would behave. And um, a woman learned that they were doing this and she was like, Hey, can I like set up podcasting equipment (laughs) to like (laughs) track like their thoughts and, and what, happens to them so i haven't listened to that yet but jake just told me about that and i was like holy fucking shit i need to listen to that immediately so those I are listened to the first episode 
Oh, it's, did you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's definitely um it's it's definitely something that I'm I'm very interested in. Yeah. I just except for I fell I fell asleep during it because I, I tend to listen to podcasts late at night. Me too. Yeah. And then and then they play throughout the see, like I'm giving everyone like plays and downloads just because <laughs> it keeps running while I'm sleeping. Oh yeah. I listen to every like homecoming, I've listened to every episode twice because for that reason. Like I'll get distracted on the subway. Or, yeah. like, I go, like, grocery shopping and I start, like, thinking about something else. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? Or, yeah, I listen to it late at night and I fall asleep. So I listen to pretty much every podcast episode twice. <laughs> uh, we're old. Uh, uh, oh, boy. Uh, in other other pop culture kind yes. of news, I'm, I've, I've, there are a bunch of movies I'm very excited to see coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, I, I haven't seen Infinity War yet. Uh, but Parker. I'm going... But I'm going to see it this weekend. Are you so. ready? Are you emotionally prepared? I am so ready. Okay. I am so ready. There's that, and then there, then there's the 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 solo movie, Han Solo movie. Oh, it's, very excited. Looks, looks like it's gonna be cool. Yep. And then there's you know, like God, there, there are just like all these movies that I'm very excited to see in theaters. The the Venom movie, I'm excited for that when that comes out. Okay. Like, way, way down I'm, the line. I'm now excited because the second trailer was way better than the first. And I fucking forgot, like, how amazing the rest of the cast is, because obviously I was just focused on Tom Hardy because he's Tom Hardy. And I was like, cool, I'll go watch Tom Hardy and anything. But then I like I saw the rest of the cast and I was like, oh, fuck. Right. It's like a dope cast. Um, It's like uh, Riz Riz Ahmed, Ahmed, uh, Michelle Williams, Jenny Slate's in it. Um, Yeah, it's it's like a great fucking cast. And also seeing Tom Hardy act a little more in it, like mm-hmm. reminded me, I was like, Oh right. You're the fucking I, best. I kind of like, I know everyone's making fun of his accent. In the uh, movie. Yeah. He's, I, I like it. Okay. Here's my issue know. with it. Did you ever see warrior? No. Okay. It sounds like he's recycling that accent, which is okay. weird because in warrior, he was like a very blue collar fighter and now he's a journalist. But like I said on the show, I was like, who's to say what a journalist sounds like? Maybe he came from like a real rough neighborhood and decided to become a journalist. And maybe I'm being a classist snob. It was just like kind of weird to hear that accent again. Because the movie takes place in San Francisco, but his character is from New York. But I think his character grew up in New Jersey. Like that's, that's his, his backstory in the the comics. I think. So yeah, that Um, makes sense. But you know, it's like, I I tried to describe it to someone because I was like, have you seen it? And they were like, no, I was like, okay. So it's kind of like, and I was trying to think, I was like, okay, it's, it's Mark Wahlberg's character in the movie I Heart Huckabees. And they were like, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I was like, perfect. So if you, if you go back and <laughs> watch that, you'll, you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is totally the trailer. You know what's so. weird? I know I saw I Heart Huckabees, but I literally have no memory of the movie. I have the movie somewhere i don't have a dvd player oh actually not like i i have a playstation now so maybe that plays right. i don't know but you know it's like i have a dvd somewhere and i've seen it i know at least twice but i can't you know i i, I remember liking it at the time but i don't know if maybe that's just like you know one of those one of those things like because okay i'm looking at the cat the cast was awesome Oh, the cast was amazing, yeah. You had, like, Jason Schwartzman, Dustin Hoffman, Lily Tomlin, Jude Law, Mark Wahlberg, Naomi Watts. Like, this is an awesome uh, thing. But, yeah, I uh, I can't remember what it's it's (laughs) about. I will say that, like, Wes Anderson – it was Wes Anderson, right? No. 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 Okay. uh, it was David O. Russell, who's (gasps) a total creep. Oh, he is a total creep. Yeah. yeah. He's the dude who – there was that thing where he was like feeling up his trans niece or yes, something. It was, yeah. it was so gross. So okay, gross. I I retract my compliment. What I was about to say is what Wes Anderson does really well that usually I hate is like, you know, when it's like an Ocean's Eleven cast and it's like, look at all these celebrities. It's going to be so great. And then it's like not. Uh, Wes Anderson's always really good at like, look at this amazing cast. And then it's an amazing movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like everybody actually has room to breathe and actually perform like the great actor they are whereas like in Ocean's Eleven it's just like they literally threw a bunch of celebrities into a very very mediocre story and it's like who cares or what were there were those movies that were like uh was it like Valentine's Day or yes like where, where or New Year's Eve I forgot what it was but yeah they were like named after holidays where basically it was like we're just gonna tell like 
11 little tiny stories. And it's like, your 11 stories suck. <laughs> yeah, your 11 <laughs> tiny stories suck. Yeah. <laughs> they don't add up to one good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should just take some time, not film those 11 shitty stories, and write one good story. It's like, what? It's like, what is this? The fifth episode of the latest season of Black Mirror? Come Whoa. on. Whoa. Which one was that? Uh, that was uh, oh, the one at the museum. Where it was like, oh yeah, the, where it was like, I, I like that episode though. But but it some did people feel like, like that. It did. I think I said that to you. It felt like yeah. they hadn't developed like some stories, and they were like, let's just throw a bunch of them together. Let's just you know kind of piece it together and hope for the best. Which I liked it, but yeah, I definitely uh, think think uh, that's kind of that approach to a movie definitely doesn't work. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you brought up Infinity War, and I'm like, I need a second. I need to like gather my feelings and move forward. Uh, tweet me the second you see it. Cause I want Ooh, to yeah. know your thoughts. Be like Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Be like, Allison, we can, Oh, I don't care. My friend Joe Macquarie did that for me. I tweeted like, I really need to talk about my feelings about infinity ward. He immediately DM'd me and he was like, here are my thoughts in like bullet list form. Um, so guys, we are moving out of the pop culture section into, and I know you're going to be bummed, but we'll get through it together. Here is your bad news. So in today's bad news... And as always, Parker, feel free to um, add any of your own bad news, because I know there's a lot of it into this section. But I saw an article uh, over at BuzzFeed about how the Justice Department deleted language about press freedom and racial gerrymandering from its internal manual. Yeah. Yeah. That's not at all (laughs) ominous yeah that's not creepy in the slightest so deputy attorney general rod rosenstein ordered a review of the u.s attorney's manual which features high-level policy statements as well as practical guidance to prosecutors on how to do their jobs although there's another story in the ether right now that house republicans are working on um getting uh rod rosenstein fired so that's exciting um but so BuzzFeed has some of the details. Um, they cut a section titled need for press, uh, free press and public trial references to the department's work on racial gerrymandering are gone. Language about limits on prosecutorial power has been edited down. The changes include new sections that underscore Jeff Sessions focus on religious liberty and the Trump administration's efforts to crack down on government leaks. There is new language admonishing prosecutors not to share classified information and directing them to report contacts with the media. Uh, I love that this, I'm recapping this story after we talked about The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like all those warning signs. Anywho, the Justice Department... Yeah, I mean, so 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 much of so much of this administration, like if you read headlines, it just sounds like something that plays at that plays at the beginning on the background. <laughs> like someone has like a news, like in at the start of a movie, someone has like a TV on in the background, and you're like, oh, that's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, especially considering that the last major update to this manual was in 1997. <laughs> You know, just casual updates. You know, like major revisions on an important document. Um, so some of the changes were publicly announced. In January, for instance, the department said it was adding a section called Respect for Religious Liberty, directing prosecutors to alert senior officials about lawsuits filed against the U.S. government, raising any significant question concerning religious liberty, and articulating principles of religious liberty that Sessions laid out in an earlier memo. Uh, however, most of the major changes have not been publicly announced. They did it like very sneakily on the DL. Um, U.S. attorney offices have been notified of the significant changes so far, and notice will go out when the review is done, according um, to the people who made the changes. 
Um, the public version of the manual online notes when individual sections were last updated. So, so far, the Justice Department has declined to comment. In a statement to BuzzFeed, uh, they said that the manual is meant to be a quick and ready reference for lawyers, not an exhaustive list of constitutional rights, statutory law, regulatory law, or generalized principles of our legal system. Okay, then why make the changes at all? Yeah, you know. I don't buy that at all. Know. Yeah, the, God, all the 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 way people talk about religious liberty really just terrifies me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. Because it's like, it's like, oh, you're clearly saying that someone should just be, be able to be like, oh, no, my religion says it's okay to do this. You know, like. Right. I mean that it religious liberty isn't a get out of jail free card. Yeah, you know? it, well, it's, it shouldn't be a hey, this law doesn't apply to you card. Right. You know, and then then taking that a step further, being like, oh, BT Dubs, we're gonna just like not police anything anymore. You know, like a discriminate discriminatory stuff. We're still gonna police like things that hurt minority groups. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, also the bullshit about like, oh, this is just a quick and ready reference for lawyers, not an exhaustive list of constitutional rights. It's so misleading because so much of the law is based on precedent. So, if lawyers start using this as like reference constantly, then eventually it will worm its way into the rest of the legal system. So it is intellectually disingenuous to be like, oh, this won't affect anything else. It's like, no, you guys know exactly what you're doing. This is the bullshit you always do where you don't fight to change federal law. You come in at the state level. So, for example, this is like instead of going for the macro constitutional rights editing, you're going for the micro individual lawyer manuals. And then it eventually will worm its way into the rest of the system. Like, we know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Well, at the, well, at the same time, packing courts with, yes, you know, people who agree with, them, you know, unqualified judges who agree with. Uh, these views I mean so like that's the thing like a lot of a lot of these things almost seem like they're trying to just like yeah sure you know challenge this you know we're gonna tell people how to prosecute something and then when it you know you challenge it it gets you know goes through the court system and maybe it ends up at the Supreme Court and maybe by then you know there's like a six to three majority conservative majority it's like then you're screwed <laughs> you know yeah because it's like that's that's how you get the big changes through so, right. you know, sort of like sort of like the reason that, you know, these a lot of states keep passing like really clearly unconstitutional abortion restrictions is in hopes of getting it up to the Supreme Court so they can basically have have a chance to, you know, override Roe v. Wade. Right, right. Yeah, so. I, I do think that's maybe one of the biggest things that progressives are sleeping on. And like, I'm, I'm speaking in very general terms because yeah. I know there have been people who have been covering it and like exhaustively covering it and tweeting about it. So I don't want to like erase their very hard work, but the damage that Trump and company are doing in terms of appointing judges is like uh -huh. huge, huge. And it will have a multi-generational effect. Yeah. It's a uh... God, it's going to suck. You know, I like a lot of people keep keep pointing to this. They're like, "Oh, the courts will save us." The court, no, they won't. I well, mean, I mean, it's I like think, they might for now. Yeah, I, I mean, think a, a lot of people have been pointing to like federal courts blocking a lot of like the immigration stuff, which is, obviously is important. Yes, but stuff is happening in other courts that is is highly destructive and is not getting as much coverage. So that's really, and those judges will be around for the foreseeable future so that's and there, are a lot of, there are a lot of vacancies too a lot of vacancies yeah and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fill those with some really nasty people which is what which is why honestly it's like winning the house is good for democrats winning the senate is better you know yeah. but you know that's it seems unlikely at this point that they'd win in 2018 and that's why 2020 is really gonna matter because it's like you know you can't hold on you know if if trump wins in 2020 and the gop controls the senate it's like they could it's possible there could be like a 7-2 conservative majority in the courts which right. is you know on the supreme court which basically screws everyone for you know decades so 
Right. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, us. This has been bad news. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are in the bad news section, guys. Uh, truth and advertising. Uh, so the other piece of bad news that I wanted to get to is Roy Moore. Guys, everybody remember Roy Moore? Failed Senate candidate, alleged pedophile. Huh? Uh, so he has filed a defamation lawsuit against the four women he's accusing of having ruined his otherwise sterling reputation. Um, just a recap. He, we covered him a lot on, on um, citizen radio, but Roy Moore narrowly lost an Alabama special election after it was revealed. He had a history of preying upon teenage girls. So yeah, he's suing them now. (laughs) According to the complaint, the women, Lee Korfman, Debbie Gibson, Tina Johnson, and Beverly Nelson all committed slander and libel against poor Roy Moore, quote, by making statements which were false, malicious, and made with intentional or reckless disregard of the truth and with the intent that those statements be published to others, including through state and national media. (sighs) What? This poor man. He is the worst. He's the like, worst. He he is the worst because it's like it's you know you know how sometimes it's it's like where there's a thing where you're like oh no this hero turned you know this person that we saw as a hero turned out to be a bad dude and it's like that's that sucks and sure. that's bad. It's like no this guy who whose policies were all evil as shit turned out to be even worse than we thought. Right. <laughs> you know it's it just it's kind of like. And then, uh, you know, the the past several months since he lost, like, every time he, like, speaks out, he's like, the gays and the transgenders are, <laughs> it's like, are, are, are coming for me and stuff like that. It's like, shut up. None of us are doing anything with you. Man, there is no clearer sign that you should immediately stop listening to someone yeah. than when they say the transgenders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, they, when they pull that one out as a noun <laughs> and, and, and a, a plural noun, just a bunch of... <laughs> Yeah, I am consistently amazed by, and I guess Roy Moore is sort of an atypical example because, as you said, he was always a piece of shit. He wasn't like this hero that everybody loved. And then, I mean, a lot of conservatives loved him, but he wasn't this like universally beloved figure who turned out to be a scumbag. Um, He was a piece of shit who turned out to be a scumbag. But I am always amazed at a certain men's capacity to be totally shameless and b society's willingness to forgive a piece of shit like Roy Moore like Roy Moore hasn't fully had his redemption storyline yet but even like Louis CK there was just a very sympathetic profile of him where it was like when does he get to come back when do we forgive him and it's like why is there this rush to pardon men who are awful and have done nothing to earn back our trust or forgiveness or apologized in any way. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I guess Louis CK did apologize. Yeah. But, but, but you know, and, but like some of them, like Charlie Rose, yeah. for, for instance, like yeah. there's someone who, who was just like, I don't know what, you know, what the problem was, you know, like talk of him getting a show, you know, right. like these things that there's such a rush to, to do that. You know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm of the mind mindset and this, you know, obviously can differ between people. It's like that, you know, if someone is, is actually very sorry for something and someone works to try to like try to improve and be a better version of themselves, you know, moving forward, it's like, you know, some people can find redemption in their own little way, you know, but like, I don't think it's on society to be like, well, we have a responsibility to create redemption for them, you know, like, which seems to be the case with all these articles that keep coming out where yeah. it's just like, it's like, we shouldn't we reach out and prop them back up? It's like, uh, I don't and know. I guess like maybe if there was one single example of a dude who worked hard to make amends for what he had done in terms of being a scumbag, I literally can't think of anyone like beyond. Yeah an apology in public which is feels like a pr stunt like right. your your team is like you got to say something because everybody knows yeah. you're a piece of shit now beyond yeah. that i don't know of a single man who has actually like 
done meaningful things in his private life to make amends for what he's done. It's like they want it to go away as quickly as possible. And then people follow all over themselves to make that happen where they're like, Oh, we've been mad at Louis CK for three months. That's enough. That's enough. And it's like, why, what, how has he changed his behavior? What has he done to make amends for what he's done? And also it's like, you know, you just, you, you, you don't have to be like, oh, well, it's, it's, some people are like, well, it's exhausting being mad at him. It's like, well, you know, you could just not think of him at all. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> you don't have to devote every waking hour to being pissed at the dude. Like I certainly don't. I don't think about these guys most of the time, but when their names do come up and people are like, oh, are we still mad at them? It's like, yes, <laughs> yes, we are. We should be. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. You, you could just like, that's the thing. I haven't, I haven't thought about Louis CK in, in a while uh, you know it's and i forgot what it was the other day I, I tweeted some some criticism of something or someone and someone's like oh but you were fine with louis ck and i'm like what it's <laughs> like i have where did i say that you know yeah like, it uh oh god sometimes the internet's a mistake um <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes it's okay sometimes it's like uh oh, maybe we should have rethought this um so what else did I want to talk about while we're in? I mean, I just, the redemption storyline just kills me because I know so many women who just kill themselves to work so hard. And like they have made relatively, especially when you compare like Louis fuck up or Harvey Weinstein's fuck up or like Bill Cosby's fuck up, um, fuck ups, plural meaning, um, serial, being yeah. a serial predator and rapist um like have made very comparatively like very small mistakes in their own like careers and lose their jobs or mocked relentlessly and it's like if you're a woman you have to be perfect all the time in your job or you will just be mercilessly criticized and undermined and these guys can not just be like oftentimes bad at their jobs but be hurting people and society can't wait to forgive them and it's like infuriating infuriating you can be a mediocre cis white dude skate by on very minimal talent if any talent at all be hurting people and individuals will be like well guys how long are we going to be mad at him why haven't we forgiven him yet I feel sorry for him because he's sad and it's like, well, fuck, maybe he should be sad for a while because he hurt a lot of people and maybe you shouldn't rush to like be an ally to someone who is a bad person. Yeah. You know? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So guys, while I still have you, and before you leave for the rest of your day, here is your good news. This is a a good good news story (laughs) a good segue for a good news story because we were just talking about um piece of shit men um r kelly talking about men who like really skate by i like r kelly somehow during when all the bill cosby stuff was happening all the harvey weinstein stuff was happening I feel like every few months people are like, hey, remember how R. Kelly's a serial predator? And like, we'll talk about it for a little bit, but then it goes away. And then he fucking goes out on tour and people turn out in droves. And it's like, he's one of those guys who somehow is so shameless and people are so willing to forgive him that he continues to skate by even like when the Me Too movement is at its height. But the good news of that story is that... um. There is a hashtag called Mute R. Kelly Mm -hmm. that the Women of Color Committee within Time's Up, the Time's Up movement came up with, uh, or they didn't come up with it, I'm sorry. They announced that they're joining it. Mute R. Kelly was started by um, 
and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing uh, her name, um, Ornike uh, Odelli and Kenyette Barnes. They started it last year, but it picked up a lot of steam on Twitter because the uh, Women of Color Committee within the Time's Up movement joined it recently. Um, and they released an online petition. Uh, the campaign is asking Sony to drop R. Kelly and asking Live Nation to cancel his upcoming performances. Um, they detail how the musician has been accused of abuse um, and sexual assault allegations, actually decades of allegations about stuff like that. And recently people started talking about it again because um, details emerged about basically the cult that R. Kelly has around him of, of women, young women who have been like, coerced and are being really badly abused um who are living with him and like really really fucked up stuff about how he controls what they can say and eat and wear and stuff like that um so they are circulating um this petition uh ava duvernay retweeted it um and like the image that they've been tweeting says, together we call on corporations and venues with ties to R. Kelly to join us and insist on safety and dignity for women of all kinds. Um, so yeah, they're specifically asking RCA Records, Ticketmaster, Spotify, and Apple Music, and the Greensboro Coliseum Complex, which is hosting an R. Kelly concert in May, to join the Mute R. Kelly movement as well. And like... I get that a lot of these labels and venues aren't going to do it because, like, they stand to lose right. a lot of money. But I think it's really important to continually remind people of this so that they stop fucking going to his concerts. Yeah, I think that that's probably the, you know, the best possible response yeah. to the people, you know, because if, if the companies won't do it, then people can you know, if people can collectively take things into their own hands and, you know, and somehow organize a mass boycott of of that, you know, it's like that might be something. But um, did you did you see the statement that his his management put out uh, in response to oh all this? Oh, my God. I don't have it in front of me, but it was okay. fucking awful. Do you have yeah, it? Yeah, I have it up. It's uh, let's R. Kelly supports the pro women goals of the Time's Up movement. We understand criticizing a famous artist is a good way to draw attention to these goals. And in this case, it is unjust and off target. Um, We fully support the rights of women to be empowered and make their own choices. Time's Up has neglected to speak with any of the women who welcome R. Kelly's support, and it has rushed to judgment without the facts. Soon it will become clear Mr. Kelly is the target of a greedy, conscious, and malicious conspiracy to demean him, his family, and the women with whom he spends his time. <laughs> and then the, the last paragraph here, Kelly's music is, par- is a part of African American and African-American culture that should never and will never be silenced. Since America was born, black men and women have been lynched for having sex oh. or being accused of it. We will vigorously resist this attempted public lynching of a black what? man who has made extraordinary contributions to our culture. Now, like, wow, there's a lot there's going a on lot. in that. There's a lot in there. I mean, like, the, whole thing. the condescending language about, oh, we know you're just trying to, like, latch onto a celebrity to promote your little movement. The shit about, like, the women he spends his time with, like he's having tea and biscuits with them. The shit saying that they're lynching a black man is so beyond the pale and so fucking offensive. And by the way, his victims are black women. So like to turn it into like a, the imagery of lynching a black man is so disgusting and like beyond the pale. It's like unbelievable. (sighs) Yeah. Like how many offensive like different offensive things did they crowbar into that statement? Yeah, yeah. it's it's like Holy I shit. mean uh god there was the uh did you so uh there was the have you seen what was it apologygenerator.com which <laughs> no. which which okay so it's this it's this website it was it was made written by uh Dana Schwartz who writes I think for 
eat it like entertainment weekly now uh-huh. um but so she she wrote all like this wrote some stuff and like then had like a someone who's good at making websites create this this thing that will automatically generate a an apology which is great so like when I open the site right now, it says, while I do not recall the events of the 2009 Golden Globes party transpiring the same way, the allegations against me are troubling. At the time, I believed that my sociopathic manipulation of the 22-year-old in my office was consensual, and of course now I realize my behavior was wrong. In conclusion, (laughs) I will get the help I so desperately need because this isn't actually my fault. I have a problem, (laughs) so I'm not responsible for my actions. (laughs) And then, then, you know, you, you... hit refresh and it says as someone who grew up in a different era harassment <laughs> is completely unacceptable <laughs> like so it basically it's like a, a few different like you know like there are different lines and it just kind of combines them all into something oh. you know like there, there's one that's just like as a male feminist i feel oh. tremendously guilty <laughs> so now that the things i have done have been made public <laughs> now that i've been caught yeah like so as good father of daughters my <laughs> So like it's it's pretty great. I, I I wrote about it for Upworthy when when she first uh shared the link, but yeah, it's just apologygenerator.com. Yeah. And it's pretty uh pretty pretty great. There's there's another one in there that I can't see, but uh there's uh, yeah, in conclusion, I've chosen to live my life as a gay man, so if you say <laughs> anything bad about me now, you're homophobic. Oh my god. <laughs> I always forget to include Kevin Spacey in, like, the pantheon of awful men, but yeah, yeah. He, he is it, up there as well. Yeah, and there's one thing about locker room talk, there's <sighs> another thing about, like, I didn't mean to, quote, honk her boobs, but, <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Uh, yeah, so um, you should, you know, definitely, definitely check out that site. It's it's funny because it's so accurate, you know, to how some of these statements are are put out. So yeah, and and definitely support uh, Mute R. Kelly too. I mean, I'm I'm definitely encouraged because the Times Up subgroup um, includes very very prominent, powerful women like Ava DuVernay, Shonda Rhimes, and like hopefully. Because I feel like, as I said, the attention on R. Kelly flares up like every few months and then it goes away. But hopefully with the the status and the following of Ava DuVernay and Shonda Rhimes, bigger players like RCA Records and Ticketmaster will pay attention. And if not Ticketmaster and like Spotify, then people who would ordinarily go to his concerts might be like, maybe I shouldn't support this guy. And you definitely shouldn't, by the way. <laughs> He's a terrible human being. Um, So the other piece of, um, I don't know if it's good news, but it's news that like made me laugh um, was White House Chief of Staff John Kelly um, allegedly calling Trump an idiot, (laughs) which anytime Uh. news like that leaks, first of all, it's like, no shit, he's an idiot. But it makes me laugh every single time just seeing it as the like the quote in the headline. Um, And by the way, John Kelly was originally brought into the White House to be, like, the adult in the room. And, like, you know, people in the know were like, oh, he's going to be able to corral these, like, wild cards. And he's going to really, like, provide, like, he'll be the adult in the room and he'll provide structure to the White House. And he has done none of that. Um, Things are as bad, if not much worse, since he arrived. Um, And he so he's a failure. And he apparently is very uh, angry about it because he allegedly called Trump an idiot, which now, of course, he denies. He says the allegations are totally BS. He said, I spend more time with the president than anyone else, and we have an incredibly candid and strong relationship. He always knows where I stand, and he and I both know this story is total BS. I am committed to the president, his agenda, and our country. This is another pathetic attempt to smear people close to President Trump and distract from the administration's many successes. Yeah, good thing that uh, Kelly's reputation is intact and his credibility is unquestioned. <laughs> and uh, he's been such know. a huge success at the White House. Yeah, you know, like, because remember, it turned out he lied about Rob Porter and all that stuff. And yeah. It's like, great. Um, one thing that was, you know, when in, in another, in the article there, 
that was, you know, saying like, hey, John Kelly doesn't treat women well. Says, right. The White, White House spokespeople said they haven't seen Kelly have a negative effect on the morale of women staffers. If anything, they said during meetings, Kelly is the bigger gentleman who steps steps in when aides use foul language to note a lady is present and similarly says he shouldn't use foul language in front of a lady if he's used an expletive. The spokespeople, who would not speak for speak for the record, said it's possible Kelly may have said women uh, may have said women are more emotional men. With one of them agreeing that generally speaking, women are more emotional <laughs> than men. It's like, do you realize who the president is? Yeah, is <laughs> isn't that the guy who said grab him by the pussy? Uh, you know, and, I also love that the evidence that from always. <laughs> I love that the evidence for John Kelly not being a misogynist is that he's paternalistic with women. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. He, he treats women like little children. Like they're like they're little girls, you know, like they're not adults who can handle like bad language, you know. A lady is present. It's like, uh. <laughs> yeah. The only valid response to that is fuck off. If anybody ever says that to you, go Seriously. fuck yourself. Yeah. It's 100% paternalistic and it's disgusting it doesn't make you a gentleman doesn't make you the adult in the room it's totally creepy oh my god this is such a tangent but it's an example i think of that paternalistic behavior so i was on the subway very early in the morning one day and i we got to the end of the line and i stood up and i put on my book bag and i was trying to adjust my hood because it got stuck under my backpack and this old white man next to me, like, fixed, like, touched me and fixed my hood and then, like, p- patted my head. Oh, that's not. Oh. And and I, like, gave him the nastiest look and he looked horrible, like, shocked that I wasn't thanking him. And I was like, are you fucking stupid? I'm a stranger. You just touched me without consent like I'm your fucking daughter. And I'm sure he went home to his like weird old white friends and was like, this rude young lady, I I treated her like I would treat my own daughter. And it's like, why don't you see that that's fucking weird? I am a grown woman. <laughs> I don't know you. Oh. You should not talk to women you work with like they're your daughters. It's weird. Yeah, that's no, I just, uh, uh, sorry, I saw a tweet that, that made me roll my, my eyes and <laughs> want to fall out of my head. It was John, John Legend was, was t- tweeted about like, <sighs> uh, he responded to something the NRA said, he said mm-hmm. like, you can show me all the ind- individuals you want. I'm sure they're wonderful people. The NRA's agenda is to sell more guns. Uh, you're a danger to America. And this right wing dude, Kurt Schlichter uh, wrote John Legend's rapper friends have murdered more people than NRA members. That's not true. Now that is that not, can't be true. That is factually false, sir. That's not true. <laughs> it's like n- no. I mean, even even if every single person he knew killed one person apiece, which of course you know, mind you, is not the case. I, yeah. You know, it's like uh, that would not equal. Like I. NRA members have absolutely killed a bunch of people. Oh, way more than rappers. Um, yes. <laughs> so I feel like John Legend should get some kind of award for attempting to educate Kanye. Yeah. Via DMs. Yeah. And also, I wish Kanye would just read a fucking book instead of like relying on his friends to interpret U.S. history for him. Even though like John Legend's doing a really good job, actually, and like trying to counter some of the propaganda that. Um, who yeah. was it? Charlemagne, the God, was that him? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like sending Kanye this ridiculous shit about like basically conservative propaganda, and like John Legend's trying to manage it. But I'm like Kanye, instead of just asking your friends like their opinion on history, read a history book. Yeah, it's what like oh, Abe Lincoln was a Republican. It's like well, yeah, but a lot has changed. People are like, no, they didn't switch sides. It's like God damn it you need to like uh, like there's a reason there's a reason that you know if you look at like a bunch of politicians you know super conservative dudes yeah. like who are who are like older now who live through the whole southern strategy and stuff it's like you see like if you look at their wikipedia pages like democrat from this year to this year republican from this year to present you know it's like that was the case with roy moore yeah his, 
he he was a former Democrat, and then he switched. And you know, same thing with like a bunch of other like like this is this was a thing. People switched because their party no longer represented their views. Right. And you know, and that's that's something that happens. Um, I just can't you know, I don't imagine. Why people can't acknowledge this. Yeah, I just can't imagine like what the gathering between Chrissy Teigen, John Legend, Kim Kardashian, and Kanye is like. Like my, I think probably. I, I don't I don't even know. I I like think Chrissy Teigen and John Legend have the patience of saints and like they've probably been friends with them a very long time and they don't just talk about politics, but I I just can't like John Legend is a saint. He's a saint. He's so patient. Like if you haven't seen his DMs with Kanye, like he's just trying very hard to reach out to this dude and it just shows like what a kind, smart, intelligent man he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, there's a so. Did you see there was this? Um, there was an interview uh, on Pitchfork.com that was. It was an interview with um, this professor who teaches a class about uh, the politics of Kanye West. Oh, really? And, wow. Yeah, and he's he's taught this class for a while, and the interview goes just way off the the rails. Like he's just like. Oh, Con- no, this isn't what Kanye means. And it seems like he's just trying to, like, really project a lot of his own feelings onto Kanye because he's like, oh, no, my class doesn't actually make sense. You know, oh, that's so and- weird, because I feel like you could do an honest critique of yeah. of his tweets and comments and still have a very interesting class. But, but like here, here's here's an interaction in this in this interview between the between Pitchfork and the the uh, uh professor so the interviewer says kanye once said i'm a proud non-reader of books the professor responds well actually he then said he much prefers what i call the ethnographic approach which is engaging people in their lives and their living and that is really important distinction to make and then the interviewer goes he said i'm a proud non-reader of books i like to get information from doing stuff like actually talking to people and living real life the professor responds in real life right and he also said that I'm not a fan of books, which is a very different thing than saying I don't read books. And then the interviewer goes, he did say I'm a proud non-reader of books, which to me is a pretty shocking thing to say. Yeah. And like the professor is still like, but uh, no, he probably reads books. And, and I mean, like, listen, I think you can get an education through non-traditional means yeah. and still be a very intelligent, you know, educated person. So I'm not trying to be a snob about it. What's frustrating is like he just you can tell he keeps getting influenced by whoever it was he last spoke to. So it, that's when it that's when it's like impossible to actually get an education where you're like, oh, I'm just like basing what I think on whichever friend I spoke to last. And it's like, well, then you're going to constantly. That's why we have this confusing mishmash of like. Uh, I'm wearing a Make America Great Again hat and also Emma Gonzalez is my hero. Like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, well, I can't be boxed in. And it's like, you're just fucking annoying, dude. Like, you're not a rebel. You're just like inconsistent. You don't know what you're talking about. And it's fucking annoying. Yeah, I mean, I just, I muted him on Twitter. And oh, yeah, yeah. More, I never but, followed know, him, it, yeah. No, yeah, it's like, I didn't, I never followed him, but everyone's been retweeting oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and stuff like that. The only thing I didn't like about the the people responding to Kanye was, you know, saying like, oh, he's clearly having a, having a breakdown right now. It's like, no, 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 he's, he's not clearly having a breakdown. You know, like, we can't know that. Well, I mean, the thing and is, it, like, he has been very honest and candid about his struggles with mental illness so i've yeah like oh yeah yeah yeah. like if you know no no if if you know if you know his music he like his lyrics talk about it yeah yeah yeah. like for sure he's been very candid about it um and he's been on medication and gone off medication and like he had a he talked about having a mental breakdown after his mom died and like he's been very honest about that stuff when it's convenient for him but when he starts to exhibit erratic behavior and people bring that up again then he he gets very offended which i understand i don't like when people are armchair psychologists and nobody knows him i don't know what's going on in his head i just don't feel like comfortable piling on right when he exhibits what is pretty obviously manic behavior um I, I don't feel comfortable, like, making fun of him for that. But I, I feel like, you know, whenever the mental illness debate, like, comes into it, I say it's possible to be mentally ill and an asshole. Yeah. 
right that's kanye you know like kanye is also a dick (laughs) like a very privileged dick and like oh god it just it's frustrating but also you know what like i don't think we need to look to kanye to be our hero i think we can just let him flame out and be an asshole and we don't have to like feed the flames you know like if we're looking for heroes there are tons of great people doing great work elsewhere and like who the fuck cares if kanye is suddenly a trump supporter yeah it's like you know well and also it's like this stuff is you know he met trump at trump tower after the election like this is this isn't like something super new and different you know it's like this is just Again, you know, people who who freak out. One thing, you know, the only thing I I think is kind of funny about all of this is the fact that, um, you know, the the fact that Kanye, like, that conservatives will be like, oh, we don't need those Hollywood elitists. We we're we're fine. Like, you know, who cares what celebrities think? They should stick to what they're doing. And then like the second that one A list celebrity is like, yeah, totally. I'm on your team. They're like, this is our new hero. Yes. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of funny. Or they pretend that they're like, they're like, no, Scott Baio is an awesome actor. <laughs> you know, or one uh, of our Ted, finest. <laughs> Ted Nugent is my favorite musician. You know, like yeah. those sorts of things where it's just like, clearly it's like Ted Nugent is no one's favorite musician. <laughs> Stop <laughs> lying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, uh, <laughs> we are out of time. Please follow Parker on Twitter at Parker Malloy. Support all of her work. Thanks for listening, guys. We're a 100% listener-supported show. If you go to lighttreason.news and click the donate button, you can keep us going for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation. That's so little to keep us going. I hope you can spare it. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I can't do the show. So please go sign up there. You can also uh, upgrade your membership if you're in a position to do so. Uh, Yeah, thank you again for listening, and while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. 